Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, and we're going to be talking about the week of films starting Friday, March 5th. We're still here. March. March. We're, we're in a different <laughs> month now. and we're, it's still... we're in the orange still? Is we're it... in the orange. That's good, uh, right? Or I keep on, God, you don't want to jinx it, but <laughs> people keep on saying like, oh, we're in the orange and it's good, but we might get back to the red. We're fine so far. I mean, as much as I try not to follow the news too much because everything's horrible, we'll know when you know. It's kind of like we could wake up tomorrow or a news report could happen tonight that says we're going back. But I mean, all we can do is think happy thoughts and hope everyone's playing along and wearing <laughs> Man, their masks and staying away from each other. If and... you get closed down tonight, I hope you still air this. And yeah. like, Just <laughs> don't pay attention to the showtimes we mentioned. They don't exist anymore. It's crazy to think, but we're almost at our anniversary of closing down the first time. Very first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, March 13th, I guess. 15th. 15th. Oh, right. 13th was for my other job. That was the Friday. Uh, Friday 13th was easy to remember. Yeah. And then I think I actually came here to see Friday 13th. And then two days later or a day later or whatever, I was also here on the 15th when we didn't even get to play the 9 o'clock show. Remember that being our biggest concern? And you don't want to make light of it because much more horrible things happened on our planet. But yeah. we were like, oh, we got to be back in time to show Friday the 13th part two. Yeah. And we did it. Pretty impressive, I thought. But that's the only thing like that was kind of neat about it at the time because I was like, oh, yeah, scary. Uh, Friday 13th. Yeah, this is going to. And then feel like a jackass. A year later, we're like, wait, it was bad, and everything sucked. What I'll never forget is at that screening, which at the time we weren't whittled down to 50 people, we were just kind of following what some other cinemas were doing. And I think a cinema in Vancouver, it might have been the Rio, looked into it and said, okay, we're going to do 150 people. That's approximately half capacity. So we kind of did the same thing. I think we said we'll, we'll cap it at 150. So we didn't sell out that Friday 13th, but we were close. Like there was like mm. 135 people in there or something. Yeah. And what I'll never forget is there was a guy and it wasn't crazy or anything. And in another world, it would have been unnoticed. But like two or three times during the movie, he coughed. And I swear you could feel the room just flinch a little bit at the thought of some guy coughing yeah. during this pandemic going out and he was wasn't scarier than the movie <laughs> yeah and it wasn't like a 90 minute wet cough through the whole thing yeah. but just like three times there was a loud like cough 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 <laughs> and you, you could feel everybody kind of go ah. <laughs> usually you think you hear like a beer or something opening and you're like what was that you shouldn't be doing that and you're like oh it's a cough that's much worse yeah and then you're like do i have to go over and be like uh sir we have to ask you to leave yeah please stop coughing <laughs> yes yeah. it's all we can do now is hope that we keep moving back towards normalcy just most of my news comes from the comedic laced programs <laughs> the onion <laughs> really it's like colbert john oliver and colbert had said that one smart person report said and i think they're talking about the states but said by april they're going to hopefully see some really big improvements so that's like a month away and then joe biden said by Thanksgiving, Christmas, he hopes everybody's able to just kind of go to grandma's house and that kind of thing. So we'll see. That really is my long goal now is the simplicity of that, of like, oh, I want to do Thanksgiving at my mom's house. And that seems like a million years away. Mm -hmm. So if we could just keep inching towards that, if we could just stay open, it'd be great to say like, oh, we're safe enough to do a hundred people. Because in the last little while, like we've sold out Memories of Murder and around Christmas time sold out it's a Wonderful Life, Muppets. We just sold out Saturday Night Cinema last mm. weekend. And those are nights where we could have doubled that, tripled that. So yeah. purely from a financial point of view, that'd be great. But there is the sign that people do want to come back. 
and everybody's been good. We've been good about people being nice and safe and masks and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And that's huge. Plus, you know, all that great content that we're still bringing every week. Like even like we don't like to talk about other Cineplexes, but we were kind of joking that Cineplex came back and, and they their like opening movie was a 930 showing of Tom and Jerry. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I just couldn't believe when you told me that you're like PM, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and best of luck to him. Their other one was Crude's 2, which we said yeah. that that wouldn't be the strangest thing. If like we were like, oh, we like Nick Cage. We're going to go see Crude's 2 at nine o'clock. Sure. But I just thought it was funny to see that, okay, Tom and Jerry's on it, whatever, like two and five or whatever. Oh, 945? Yeah. That was strange to me. But I think maybe we'll see that. Yeah, I don't know where stuff lands right now. I haven't paid attention of if Ghostbusters, Black Widow, Bond has an official date or if everything's still kind of floating. Yeah. So I think they, they do, but like it's changed so many times. Because I think Black Widow is May. I think the last I heard, like I want to say like May 6th or something. I could just that could be totally wrong. But Which will be a year that it was sitting on a shelf. Yeah. And it was supposed to be the first Marvel Phase 4 thing. WandaVision was never supposed to be the first thing, which is sort of funny because like that's been great. Not to talk about TV, but yeah. <laughs> but it makes you wonder like how that would have impacted maybe differently or if at all. If There's so lucky that out. it's kind of a self-contained film more mm -hmm. or less because imagine if it had been like if this had happened when endgame was going to come out or oh, something God. but highlander yeah, uh, highlander, yeah, endgame. highlander endgame the only one i'm familiar with which one was highlander endgame it was like Part the fourth five i don't or know or maybe five yeah was that like the one with the tv show guy yes, and yes. yeah okay because i was working at the, the video store guy. at the time but I think. the one that doesn't have sean connery yeah exactly like like or mario van peebles is christopher lambert in it like was he is he involved I don't if there was remember. ever is it lambert or lambert <laughs> i do believe it's lambert <laughs> okay oh he's my. french right yeah i mean that does make sense now i sound like the like jerk american it's like guy. Colbert, Stephen Lambert. Colbert. Yeah. If there was ever a franchise that made less sense, Jurassic Park's right up there because yeah. it's the joke of like, hey, let's open another park. The first one was fine. But Highlander, where the first movie is all about there can only be one, kind of wraps up. There's only one. Mm -hmm. And not only is there a second or there's a theatrical sequel. And then I think two straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. A long-running TV oh, yeah. show. Like long. An animated series. And they're all actually huh. canonical. Like, they're all actually interlacing. Because wow. Lambert shows up in it. The TV guy shows up in it. Like, <laughs> Whoever he is. <laughs> I don't know who the guy is, but... Yeah, well, and I... All, well, like, I remember at the time, like, I didn't... I was never a big fan of the series. Like, I wasn't not a fan of the series. I just, you know, I saw the first one and just didn't... I kept hearing... Especially the second one got a, a real bad rap at the time and stuff. Oh, and then there was... Yeah. There's multiple cuts of, like, I think every film. But I remember when that one came out, like, Endgame, that was kind of a quote-unquote big deal for fans of the series because I guess it was kind of like a return to form it was supposed to be like but i think that was compared to like the quickening and like the, the other two where you're like oh it's a return to form in the sense that it's not a giant piece of garbage as yeah. much but i didn't see it so who am i to say there was never a movie that was more of because i loved highlander when i was younger yeah there was never a movie more possibly that had a more awesome trailer that led to a more disappointing <laughs> sequel and it was clear that sean connery was bruce willising it through that movie <laughs> like, <laughs> like his agent was like oh you signed this contract you got to do it and he was like oh fine man and it was just yeah it was a mess is it was there, a mess is, did, you, did you see the renegade cut i think i have i remember being disappointed because at the time i had seen a couple ads on tv mm -hmm. and then it just didn't come out i think word spread pretty quick that it was going to be a disaster so <laughs> I could be wrong about this, but I don't think it got a first-run theatrical release mm. in Ottawa and many cities, I'm sure. So I don't think I got to see it until VHS. And that's one thing that was really fun about the VHS era of really 
tracking down that treasure. And it was always garbage treasure, but yeah. like my friends and I getting to finally see the Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren or fun stuff like Mystery Science Theater, which was never on TV in Canada. So mm-hmm. it was really getting those VHS tapes of it that came out in video stores. So that's yeah, kind of I always got now. those tapes. Yeah. Even like the cartoons, like I remember getting like a He-Man one and that was the only way to see He-Man at the time. Oh, yeah. Know, when I was a kid, like a VHS of like two to four episodes and, and same with like all those, well, what I think are cool, but are technically crap but all those old marvel shows like the early animation like the hulk and all that early oh, stuff yeah. that, it's like technically terrible but <laughs> they're it's so fun now like gwen and i just got through the last airbender avatar the mm. last airbender and it's great like the movie or the show the show not okay, the not, movie okay because to be clear <laughs> the movie not great <laughs> but now if a kid's like i'm watching last airbender they're watching that if they're in canada and have netflix they're mm. just watching that but i have never seen thundercats Mm. because whatever cable package my mom had at the time, my dad had at the time, did not have Thundercats. You know, it was probably on like an LA cable channel or whatever. But my Saturday morning routine never had Thundercats. So even as a middle-aged nerd now who knows Thundercats, has seen the toys in toy stores, in Ottawa, as far as I know, we never got it. Or at least it was on a cable channel out of my reach. So that's different nowadays where you can just miss something, miss a piece of pop culture. Whereas now... Nobody has not seen Mando or WandaVision Mm -hmm. because it's just everywhere. And same theatrically, too. Like, now, it is the good thing now about that choice is the new Nick Cage movie comes out. You can come see it at the Mayfair. Mm -hmm. If you don't live in a Mayfair city, you can stream it. You can buy it on Blu-ray. All Mm -hmm. these kind of choices. So, that is the... It's the interesting blessing and the curse of nowadays is, like, there was some magic to... If I miss watching Charlie Brown Halloween, Mm -hmm. I have to wait a year. Yeah. Now, or ever since the VHS era, you're just like, ah, I can watch it whenever I want. <laughs> and that's why we were just talking about that a couple months ago with all those people that are just like, what What do you mean Apple has a one-year deal in place to show the Charlie Brown whatever special? You're yeah. like, get that when it was like the 60s or 70s or whatever, you know? And you're like, uh, yeah, like this only comes on TV and there's no other way to watch it. But now I'm like... You know, not to be a jerk, but it's, I'm pretty sure you can get that $5 DVD at Walmart like anytime. Yeah, I think it's like $12 on Blu-ray yeah. and like $6 on v, on, uh, on VHS, it's on just, DVD. It's so funny because you just it's, it's like a weird mentality thing, right? Like it's like that old school mentality where you're like, oh, wait a minute. I could have just broken this and mold and, you know, gotten bought it. Like, and it is weird because now all that stuff I was just talking about that you're like, oh, VHS is the only way to see the old Hulk show. All that stuff, I mean, all of it, but like so much of it is on like a Hulu or a Disney Plus or whatever at the, you know, push of a button. And it's weird to think of that now that it's, there's so much accessibility that I find it funny to tie things around TV, like TV, TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's that symbiosis with independent cinema because anytime that we've shown certain kind of stuff, like the only reason we got to screen Godzilla movies is because Criterion did a fancy re-release and all these fancy new restored prints were made available, restored mm. digital media was made available. So there's like stuff like that too, where it's good for us because when that happens, everything that Agva puts out that we have screened, mm. I just noticed, I don't know who did it. I, I was just looking at Bruce Campbell's Twitter feed and a movie from 20 years ago, I think, that I thought was awesome called Running Time. And it's like a 75 minute movie in the early days of people using digital. And the gimmick is it's done in one shot. It's like a crime genre movie done in one shot. 
I would love if we got to screen that. So I'm going to see, like, that might be something that we could get on our screen as well now that it's been restored. Wow, I've never even heard of it. It was hard to find. Again, it was a kind of a VHS treasure yeah. that was, I think, the year 2000 or so. And it was done by one of the directors who was kind of from the Sam Raimi camp, who I think worked on some Xena stuff and some other stuff like that. But all this great, weird treasure is being unearthed, along yeah. with much bigger motion pictures but all this little stuff that's coming out i just love that made me think of that time code movie that had like the four screens oh, at yeah. once and it was just like i think it was a continuous shot like four continuous shots or or they implied it was anyways but i never saw it i just i saw the trailer and i was like wow that's a really cool idea never saw it again that was a gimmick for a while of like we don't have to turn off the camera we can just go because <laughs> like you couldn't do that shooting a film you could do the illusion of it, like with The Rope, with mm -hmm. the Hitchcock movie, but you couldn't have, you know, a roll of film only last, what is it, like 15 minutes, 12 minutes, something like that? 20 minutes or something? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you can't get much longer than that. You could do a short film in one shot, but... You use some trickiness to get around that. Yeah, and people do. People did a good job of it. I love The Rope. That's maybe my favorite Hitchcock movie, and I haven't seen it in a while, but they do a pretty good job of just someone walks by the camera or whatever. It all takes place in a room, but it's that illusion that it's just like a stage play almost like mm. there's no cuts anywhere in it do you think as a, on a sort of a side note but similar to what we were talking about earlier do you think that cineplex is even gonna bother trying to play the snyder cut like the four hour oh my god is that even worth like trying to get people to come out to a box for four hours like god they might would they do it it would almost be like a double bill essentially like show it with an intermission so. It's so, like, I can't even imagine, like, because uh, normally you'd think, like, oh, yeah, diehards and, like, you know, people are, but, but, like, that's a big ask, I feel like. To be fair, I guess, like, if I was, if I was running them and you have the screen <laughs> space and you were doing, like, one of those one night only yeah. things, I guess they could try it out. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm curious, because it's, I mean, it's not the kind of thing we probably ever would have attempted, because it just means you can't really play anything else for the yeah, whole day. Yeah, it would be tough, and I don't think it would, I think it does have an audience, yeah. but I don't think it has an audience that we could play it. <laughs> four nights or oh something my God. like that yeah that's really interesting i hadn't really thought about it before because like it was a non-issue when everything was closed but now i'm like is someone even gonna bother like in la or something i could see or, or like somewhere where it, yeah they could do a like a red carpet thing or whatever but because even here somebody wants to do a private rental and screen sound of music okay and we might be able to accommodate them it would mean we'd have to come in a bit earlier but mm -hmm. the problem is Usually we rent at a three-hour block, and that's fine for most things, a 90-minute movie, a two-hour movie. Mm. But when the movie, I think Sound of Music is just a hair over three hours. Is it? I think it's like three oh. hours in a minute or something oh like my that. God. I didn't realize it was that long. I think so. So I told the person that. I said, we might be able to help you out, but it's tough because we have to puzzle piece around uh -huh. it. And you notice that in the good old days where a theater back in the day would love a kid's movie that did well. Because if, even when I was a kid, say like Land Before Time or mm. American Tale, I think those were all really short, like 70 minutes, you know, maybe yeah. maybe they would have a short in front of it and trailers and mm -hmm. stuff. But the whole block would maybe be 80, 85 minutes, which means even with cleaning and stuff, you could really pack in the shows. You could see why the powers that be really were a bit skittish when... Peter Jackson was like, no, my movies are going to be three hours long, my Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee somebody was like, can't they be two hours long? Yeah. And it worked. And I think that's why we have so many long movies nowadays is because both has been proven that they can draw box office tickets. Mm -hmm. And I think just directors are mad with power. And they're just like, 
once upon a time, that would have been whittled down. But yeah. now they're just like, yeah, it's fine. Well, and it's weird. We're almost getting the thing kind of the opposite of that, which is that filmmakers are almost making movies knowing they're going to get a director's cut for Blu-ray or for DVD. And so you're getting that theatrical cut, which it kind of makes me think of like Dr. Sleep, where you had this version that was good and it got good reviews. It didn't do that great. But I think that was like written into his contract that, you know, you were going to get your three hour version that was never going to play in theaters anyway. It's kind of it's cool. Like it's similar to like stuff that's being dug up where they're like, oh, long cuts you know in a 4k version is it's cool but it's also kind of weird because we're having people who are kind of like well i'm not going to go to the theater i'm going to wait till i see the uncut or the real version like it's not uh, like super super common but just for certain things especially horror movies i see that a lot where people are like oh you know i'll just wait for the unrated cut or if there's an unrated cut i was just like it's getting kind of weird like i get it from a marketing perspective but also like that's not really helping theaters all that much yeah when did this start like it's relatively I mean, when I say new, it's in the last, like, say, 30, 40 years. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's, new it's, to me is, like... It's, it's in the second <laughs> half of cinema's century. Yeah. Because the first one I could think of, and this movie's, like, when I was a baby, so it's essentially before my time, but I remember Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and I just know this from reading about it, made a big deal about having a director's mm-hmm. cut with, like, mm-hmm. a new ending and everything that was theatrical. So there was that, and then... Well, and like, then Star, what, like Star, Star Trek, Wars? yeah, Star Trek as well had Star like Trek? that extendo. There was like extendo. A, yeah, I don't remember what they called it, but like there was there's like two or three cuts, I think, of the original Star Trek or something like that. Like there was that really long version where I think they combined like a TV cut with the new cut or something. Like I've never seen the full, full, full version because it's like over three hours, I think. Yeah. But but I, I could be wrong, but I don't think movies in the 50s, 60s, 70s mm-hmm. ever had a director's cut. Not. Really? Like, sometimes you forget, like, an extra scene, maybe, or something. Yeah. Like, like Psycho had the uncut version, but it was just, like, that was just, like, a few seconds, wasn't it? Like, the Whereas, like, in my video store days in, like, the early 2000s, I just remember this onslaught of movies, whether it be Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. and they would make up some word and be like, <laughs> the hazard cut. And oh, yeah. what <laughs> you would notice is, like, there'd be a movie, say, like, 40-year-old Virgin, which I really like. And it's like a two-hour movie. Like, Judd Apatow cuts long. So it's yeah, like a, yeah. it might even be like a two-hour and five-minute movie. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> and then the Virgin cut came out on DVD, and it was long. Like, it, it was maybe two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. And all it was seemingly, and, and it wasn't a director's cut. Like, no. it was somebody else doing this. They just took all the riffs that, yeah. that Seth Rogen and Jane Lynch and Paul Rudd and everybody did. So it wasn't bad it was funny but you could feel it it's just unnecessary yeah yeah. like you could feel it that it would be this improv riff going on for two minutes and you'd be like ah that could have been cut at 30 seconds it was just the illusion of a special edition yeah they did that with dumb and dumber as well when they put that out on dvd but i mean not the first time but a bit later on it was like an extended cut basically and they were like now you know more dumber or something like that and again it's like yeah it, it wasn't bad but it's it's just excessive and not really needed Remember, Anchorman had so much additional footage because it was just filled with people improving. Yeah. That you could buy. I have it. I got it cheap somewhere, but you could buy this two box set of DVD. It was mm. before Blu ray days. And it was the movie as it was theatrical. And then I can't remember what the subtitle is Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Wake Up Ron Burgundy. A whole other 95 minute movie yeah. that kind of is a movie but really it's just 90 minutes of footage kind of deleted scenes yeah yeah. Yeah. plots basically kind of in a sequential order with credits at the end and it's not bad but you watch it and you're just like this i don't think like it would be like taking which happens 
15 random songs from a band that didn't get released and be like special edition. Yeah. And like, well, maybe the band didn't release these songs for a reason. Yeah. I mean, when it hits, it is so good. Like the wake up Ron Burgundy. Like I'd say there's like two or three just really great scenes that are hilarious. But yeah, it's not it's not a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but it is funny like because I mean, they must have had like four hours. Of oh, my God. Yeah. Like more. But yeah, I don't think they do that in the old days. Like no. I, we don't get like a director's cut of Wizard of Oz or anything. No, it's weird. Like the closest I've seen is ones like I know uh, Code Red put out an anthology. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but they found like a full 20 minute sequence that had been taken out of the original film. I can't remember. It's about a witch. I don't remember the name of it now. Yeah. It's, it kind of sucked, <laughs> but it's not the point. But yeah. And like, so they found this whole other essentially subplot. But I mean, I think it was supposed to be four stories and it ended up being three. And so they found this one and they worked it back into the movie and, and it made the movie like over two hours long. But, you know, I, I just thought that was so cool. Like, even if it's not good it's it's pretty crazy to me to see to even be able to find this stuff and shoehorn it back in there and put it out and be like here you go and they're like ah it's not great but that's sort of cool <laughs> yeah okay so let us chat about the movies we have coming up this week starting on friday march 5th we have a pair of classics it's the great excuse of there not being as many new films we're still booking a new film or two a week so we're on a good pace to keep having new content but Showing these classics that we've never screened or haven't screened for decades here at the Mayfair is pretty amazing. So we have two films, Woman of the Year, a Tracy Hepburn movie, and Jezebel with Betty Davis that are from 1942 and 1938. We have the trailer in rotation for Jezebel. It's just magic seeing it on the big Mm -hmm. screen. It's just time travel. Very look forward to seeing these two restored, beautiful black and white films up on screen. Yeah, Betty Davis won an Oscar for that Ooh. role, I believe. And she's young. Like, she's yeah. she's 20, I think, in it or <laughs> Damn. something. This is 1938, I think? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to think. So that's fun. And can we get to show classics like that? Our new film this week is called My Salinger Year. And it's a, I think, a fictionalized account of a assistant working for J.D. Salinger's publisher, played by Sigourney Weaver. Oh, let's see. There you go. You should have opened with that. Ah, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver stars in the rest of what you yeah, just said. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I love Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, she's awesome. I mean, it's, it sounds like a good story too, but yeah, Sigourney yeah, yeah. Weaver. And Sigourney Weaver, going back to my childhood, which was Aliens and Ghostbusters. I was too young to watch those, but I did anyhow. <laughs> yeah. But then just you go to Working Girl and Gorillas in the Mist and all these movies. And then that now she's still showing up in these awesome little supporting roles and cameos in mm-hmm. stuff like Paul and Cabin in the Woods and the Marvel Defenders TV show. And this is not something that I'm madly in love with, but a good gig for her is I think she's in the next 12 or 13 Avatar movies. Oh, <laughs> like, man. What, what are they on now? Like, are they shooting part six already? Or? Yeah, well, it's hard to know. <laughs> man, Avatar fascinates me. Because when was Avatar? 2009? I don't even remember. I'm good with these things, and I don't even remember. Like, it was... Maybe it was... Holy cow. Like, Titanic was 98, right? Yeah, that sounds right. And then I think Avatar was 10 or so years later. And then that... Man, he doesn't work a lot. <laughs> like James Cameron. Like he's like, Or he works too much, just not on movies. Well, he's scuba diving all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's busy in his submarine. Yeah. And I know he does all kinds of documentary and special effects stuff and everything, but yeah, I think Avatar two through five are gonna come out leapfrogging years starting this Christmas or next Christmas. Yeah, wasn't two and three back to back? Like didn't he shoot them back to back? I think or... I think he shot yeah, a bunch back to back. Yeah. But it's just weird that he's gonna have a bunch of movies out. 
and again, maybe there's super fans out there. There's fans of everything. But <laughs> as a nerd, I never notice Avatar. Like, I never see anyone in an nah. Avatar t-shirt or avatar cosplay or avatar lunchbox do those things exist like i don't even Maybe. know <laughs> like, i don't know i'm not sure but it's good for sigourney to have that bunch of more movies like that yeah so. i mean like she's already got her scenes in the can too so it's like done who knows yeah. when they'll ever come <laughs> yeah. out but hey she's got that going and yeah this looks good and it's funny that it's already historical in that when you see a movie that's pre-cell phones mm-hmm. pre-computers that kind of thing it's interesting how how time moves along as such and what is retro and what is historical drama and you're like no that's when i was a kid that's not history <laughs> i can't keep it i still think 1990 was not that long ago yeah so I'm, not, I'm not good to ask then we have kubrick's final film eyes wide shut mm, i thought you were gonna say finest film finest I was film like, hey, well, arguably wanna, yeah, could be argue i mean hey you know i think lee booked this because 2001 did very well for us so mm. i think he's gonna be maybe <laughs> maybe uh, did a similar film to follow up yeah, 2001. yeah. It's like, delving ah. into the kubrick library yeah. as it's available we hope the wallets are wide open yeah <laughs> <laughs> god and this is 1999 film but that was a good year for film it was a, a good year note. for film Man. yeah people talk about 99 is like one of the years i remember i remember honestly in 99 people saying it was the best year since 39 because that oh, was wow. another year that had all these like stagecoach and all these like great films apparently the only one i remember is stagecoach but then the matrix and american beauty and like I saw Other things. Eyes Wide Shut when it came out. I just remember being just disappointed in that they made such a big deal of the controversy. Yeah. I was really waiting to be shocked and offended. <laughs> and then I was kind of like... Yeah, I've like, seen worse than this. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm offended. <laughs> oh, God. And I know they might have censored it a bit. I don't know, but Very still. Likely. And how long... Did, Andrew will know this for sure. How long was he actually filming this? Like three years? Forever. Yeah. I don't remember. Like a couple, two, three years maybe. Because yeah, I, I remember it, all the talk about it at the time. Didn't it have... And this is crazy considering it's Kubrick, but didn't it have like the record of the longest Kubrick shoot? There was something about it or like the most takes or the most... Like there, I remember like it's such a blur now because I guess it really actually was a long time ago, but... I got to track down this book, but Matthew Modine did a coffee table book, essentially, of Hmm. Full Metal Jacket. There's an audio version of that that I listened to. It's really good. And so I think there's like a print version also maybe put out like a just like all the photos and stuff. Yeah. But Full Metal Diary, I think it's called. And I remember him saying, and you would know, but like that, whatever, it was supposed to be a normal shoot. And he was like, okay, honey, I'm off for two months. See you later. (laughs) And then two months became three, became six, became eight. And he said, the most frustrating is Kubrick had a notorious disrespect for his cast and crew where you would just be looking for an answer like am i shooting next week and you'd be like well no stay in your hotel and you just wouldn't know and i've heard a number of actors saying that was the most frustrating thing of just waiting no idea of just being like oh he's a genius he gets to treat us like this yeah yeah and it's not like was the island of dr moreau remake you're like i am working for kubrick you know like it is prestige so i can't just like bounce on this but at the same time (laughs) what is going on yeah i gotta read that book i like matthew modine yeah, he's good. He was good in 47 Meters Down. <laughs> I thought that's what we mostly think of when we think of Matthew Modi. Gross Anatomy and 47 Memphis Meters Bell. Down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. I don't like my dad really liked the Memphis Bell, so we just always watched that movie. It's good, I guess. I like Cutthroat Island. Oh, there you go. See, these are all the classics <laughs> people think of when they think of Matthew Modine. And then finally this week, Lee emailed me and said, do you think it's time for us to show Army of Darkness again? And I said, it's always time to show Army of Darkness again. How often again. does he send that email? Like every six months? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Army of Darkness, which 
if push came to shove, if I had to answer the question, Army of Darkness might be my stuck on a desert island movie. Because hmm. I've seen that movie a lot, and I never get tired of Army of Darkness. Multiple <laughs> cuts of that movie, too. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite cut? <laughs> I mean, I'm so in love with it as it is, mm. but the director's cut is an example, or whatever cut, it really changes the movie. It's a brand new ending and different scenes put in, so I think a good 10, 15 minutes longer. So. Yeah. Because it's a very short film. It's only like 80 minutes long mm-hmm. and was notorious for... At the time, in the 90s, there seemed to be this big thing about the powers that be being like, we got to cut it down. They did that to Jackie Chan movies and all kinds of stuff oh, where yeah. they'd be like, everything has to be 85 to 90 minutes. And then luckily that didn't last too long. But no. It's funny you say that because I was just... One that I really love was Shaolin Soccer. Oh, yeah. Like it's been a while since I thought of that, but I was looking into it the other day and I forgot that there like obviously there's a US cut that's not that weird, it dubs obviously, but it's like half an hour difference. Yep, yep, yep. And it's just it's so funny because like I had the original like I think I had to import that DVD, like it was two thousand one or something like that. And it was kind of a big deal. And I don't think I've ever seen the US cut. I kinda wanna watch them back to back and be like, Oh, cool, you thought that these awesome character scenes were just garbage. And I know there's a number of Jackie Chan films where same thing, like a good 20 minutes, if not mm. more, got cut out. And I don't know if they were just like, ah, eh, none of that character development or backstory. Let's just get to the kicking. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of, and it's just so funny how often they do that with, like, so same with Hellraiser, you know, I think it was like the fourth one. That was one of the reasons they got cut up so much because they were like, ah, oh, Pinhead doesn't show up quickly enough. And the work print <laughs> is actually an interesting movie, like Hellraiser Bloodline, which eventually got disowned by the director. But it's just so funny, stuff like that, where you're just like, ah, kids these days want to see Pinhead. You got to get them in the first <laughs> 10 minutes. And you're like, oh, why not make a good move? Ah, never worry. That'd be a good experiment to do that with Jaws. Take it as a two-hour film and whittle it down to an 80-minute movie. And just anytime there's a scene in a family scene at the dinner table or a discussion between the characters that isn't on the water. Yeah. Just cut that all out and just whittle it down to the shark shows up right away. Yeah, yeah like a jump scare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be perfect. He's like sitting at the dinner table with them. Like, oh, God, he was there. I would watch that version. Jaws, the no attention span cut. It's like the land shark cut. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what, what's happening here? Okay, so that is our movies for the week. We've already got a bunch of stuff. Pay attention to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. In the days coming up, next week we have Death of a Ladies Man, mm. Night of the Kings. Those are both new films. We are screening David Cronenberg's Videodrome, which is funny. Some people are like, oh, I hope you don't get shut down. And you're like, uh, people aren't as uh, crazy now. It was a big controversy back in the day, and now it's rated 18A. Yeah, uh, it's not even I R. Thought, I thought it was because James Woods is not a good guy. That too, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, his character's a jerk, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's different. Stupid James Woods. He's also in like one of my favorite Simpsons episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Bastard. <laughs> Sorry. So lots of cool stuff coming up. Pay attention to our mm. website and social media. Probably have another Saturday Night Cinema doing out soon since that sold out oh, again. Yeah. The posters all look good from six feet away, by the yeah. way. I can, <laughs> I can see them from here. They look good. So thanks for coming out to see movies, everybody. Thanks for your support. We hope to see you again soon or for the first time back in the cinema soon. You can, as mentioned, check out Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our website for updates. Be sure to visit our friends at House of Targ. As we speak, you can actually go and sit down and have pierogi dinner and play mm. video games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't play Dig Dug. Josh needs that. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we just keep our fingers crossed that everyone stays nice and safe and healthy out there. And we just keep tiptoeing back to a world where we look back over our shoulder at this and be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. We don't laugh, but you know, we're just sort of like, yeah, that was over. 
Let's never do that again. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody. Bye. 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 We really need to make a cut of Jaws that has Sigourney Weaver in it. Oh, yeah. I feel like that would really push it over the edge. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. And a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero. The swallow us all. I don't want to die! What it got was him. Groovy. Throw your shoelaces untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words, Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. When the army spoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. Now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Ooh, that's gonna hurt! Director of Darkman. Comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe.